0: Hey everyone, this is Adam Boss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. Today we are going to take a look at Venus's very long square to Jupiter. First, Venus will be making that square through her retrograde and then eventually stationing, moving direct again and squaring Jupiter once more uh, through direct motion. This means that Venus's square to Jupiter is going to last um, all the way into late September. Um, And so we're going to take a look at that square today. in terms of 10 different questions that this Venus-Jupiter square may ask us. I like to sometimes think of planetary combinations as posing questions. Uh, What do you think about this? What do you want to do about that? Uh, So we're going to look at 10 Venus-Jupiter questions that may come up for you in a really strong way over the next month. First, I'll outline the transit, and then we'll go through these questions and talk about them and why they are reflective of the Venus-Jupiter combination. So that's our goal for today. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe, Uh, especially if you're new to the channel. It really helps us uh, grow. You can share your comments that goes a long way to helping uh the channel pick up steam as well we really appreciate that especially because we also like to aggregate your stories if you ever have a story you'd like to share use the hashtag grabbed and then tell us the transit if it's venus jupiter and then tell us your story if you want you can email us the story grabbed at nightlightastrology.com is the email address you can find a transcript of today's talk like any of my daily talks on the website as well when you go over to nightlightastrology.com i also we will remind you that today is the final day of our flash sale. So uh, let me take you over there right now and show you how this works. Today is the last day that you can uh, capitalize on the sale that we are having. If you go over to nightlightastrology.com, click on flash sale and you will see that all of my courses are uh, at a discounted rate for just this week. Today is the last day as well. So I've already talked about the classes at length over the course of the past week. If you are checking them out and you have any questions, feel free to email us, info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, so let's take a look at this long Venus-Jupiter square, which perfects through the retrograde this week. Um, and will then come back around through direct motion again. So here we have uh, Venus retrograde in Leo going through the square to Jupiter in Taurus, which is Venus's sign, so this is a nice square insofar as there's reception between Jupiter and Venus. Now let's watch how this plays out day one day at a time. So the actual square is perfecting today, Monday, August 21st, through Tuesday, August 22nd, and then the transit will stay within that three-degree range for quite some time as Venus stations about three degrees away from Jupiter at 12 degrees of Leo by early September jupiter is also stationing and then turning retrograde and so let's take a look here as the transit continues in september this is right around venus turning direct in early september and then moving back through the square to jupiter who is now applying backward toward venus and that square is going to perfect right around september 16th and then if we give it three more degrees of separation between the two planets Here we go once more you can see that venus is in that three degree range all the way up until late september this is right around the 22nd 23rd of september so that gives us a really a nice long period of time from around the 21st of august through the 21st of september that's a solid month of venus being in a prolonged square to jupiter by degree within that three degree range And so one of the ways that we can talk about this lengthy Venus-Jupiter square uh, is we can look at archetypal combinations, which we've already done once with Venus-Jupiter. If you go back, I think it was last week or the week before, um, we took a look at this. But I'm going to bring this into uh, a slightly different format today. We're going to imagine that Venus-Jupiter as a planetary pairing is um, bringing a series of philosophical, moral, or spiritual questions or dilemmas to us. And the benefit of this transit is that I think, ultimately, I think, you know, this combination of Venus and Jupiter, they're the two benefics, it's a very fruitful and um, what do I want to call it? I want to call this transit um, supportive overall. Uh, You've got two benefics with reception, Venus being reborn as the morning star. This feels like a significant time of positive momentum. Um, However, this combination is not without, you know, its own unique series of like problems that we have to work through or questions that we have to ask ourselves, moral, spiritual, aesthetic. So here are the 10 questions that I believe Venus and Jupiter, uh, you may find that Venus and Jupiter is uh, asking you or asking all of us. Number one is how much is too much? Venus-Jupiter combinations are in some ways, about finding the golden mean, the the middle path. Temperance is a great Venus-Jupiter. A positive Venus-Jupiter signification would be temperance, as in perfectly temperate weather. I think that's the word. Uh, The kind of weather that makes you feel like it's not too hot, it's not too cold. You know, just recently here in Minnesota, I want to say it was like 80 degrees, 79 degrees, with a nice breeze. It wasn't humid. The sun was out, but it wasn't too hot, and I was just, just like, oh my god, this is just like the perfect day. Um, and I thought, isn't it interesting? This was just recently that that, that Venus on that. This is yeah. This was Venus was moving into. It's herkazimi. Uh, this is like such a beautiful day, and I was just appreciating what a nice Venusian signature it was. So that sort of quality of Venus Jupiter, of it being just right. It's like Goldilocks, you know, not too hot, not too cold, just right. Venus Jupiter can be about helping us differentiate between what is too much, too expensive or too big or too bold or too busty, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you can never be too busty. Let's get real. (laughs) Or what is like, like what's moderate or what's, what hits the right, you know, the right um, volume or what hits the, the right amount. So finding that that's a question over the next month. How much is too much? Whether that's food or portions or macros in your diet, you know, something like that. Or if it's something about how much much purple is too much in an office? Never too much. (laughs) It's, there could always be more purple. So that question could come up. How much is too much? What is just right? Great Venus-Jupiter question to be working with over the course of an entire month. The the second question is, is this moral? Did you know that in the ancient uh, Hellenistic world of astrology, that Venus-Jupiter combinations were sometimes described as temptations that will take us away from our morals or our values? especially when Venus was in a superior position to Jupiter, which is not the case right now. But sometimes it was as though Venus would be looked at as the desire to eat too much or spend too much or have too much sex or follow your desires or your carnal lust into some kind of you know choices, making choices or leading you into outcomes that take you away from your spiritual or moral compass, which is represented by Jupiter pretty hypocritical in a sense that it be blamed on venus considering that jupiter zeus was quite the philanderer <laughs> you know i think if you look at it either way whether you look at it from the standpoint of jupiter's excessiveness and venus's temperance or venus's desires and jupiter's morality either way in either direction these two planets can bring up the split between That which is sensual and rooted in pleasure and that which is, you know, moral and rooted in the control, like the desire to control or regulate our desires so that they don't become excessive. So it's it's very similar to the question of how much is too much, but it's more about the relationship between desire and morality. And that's a Venus-Jupiter signification. And so there's this question like, is what I'm doing moral? Well, it sure is enjoyable or it sure is tasty, but is it somehow um, guiding me, you know, in the wrong direction? So questions about values and moral compasses and our desire bodies are all, you know, they could all be sort of mingling together in the next month. hope that makes sense not to, uh, again, not to charge Venus with anything. This is, I think either planet can pull in, you know, you you can really look at either planet um, inflecting itself on the other and bringing up this kind of dilemma. Question number three is, is this enjoyable? I mean, Venus-Jupiter just brings up a very basic question about whether or not you're enjoying something. Are you taking, you know, delight in uh, something? Does the food that you're making for dinner taste good? Um, Is your work enjoyable? Is your relationship enjoyable? Venus-Jupiter sets a there's a standard that Venus-Jupiter demands. This better be pleasant. This better be enjoyable. And sometimes Venus-Jupiter comes around and it amplifies the need for joy or pleasure um, so much. That it will also make you aware of the things that are, you know, a killjoy or a drag or things that you really maybe don't want to have around any longer because they're sucking your, your soul rather than creating um, an enjoyable atmosphere. So, evaluating whether or not something in your life is bringing you happiness, joy, or pleasure, it's a big Venus Jupiter consideration. But on the other hand, Let's say that you don't have anything in your life to evaluate, right? Like, in other words, it's not the, the, number three is sort of like looking at something in your life and asking whether or not it sort of meets a standard or criteria. Does it, is it bringing happiness? But on the other hand, it could also be a transit that is about getting clear as to what does bring joy or happiness. And maybe it's discovering new things that do. For example, Venus-Jupiter transits are pretty common when someone suddenly uh, develops a hobby or an interest like painting, you know, that suddenly brings them a lot of happiness. Or they like suddenly decide that they're going to take dance lessons or learn a musical instrument. Or maybe someone suddenly realizes that they actually enjoy physical intimacy way more than they ever thought they could or, or, or would or should or something like that. So evaluating things in your life that already exist and saying, is this enjoyable? But on the other hand, learning about new things that bring pleasure or joy. So it's a sort of a subtle distinction between number three and four. Number five is also similar, but a little different. What brings vitality? Venus, Jupiter is also just as much as it can represent a a beautiful sunny day, like it's, it's sort of perfectly... Uh, fertile creative weather, the plants are growing, nothing's suffering with too much heat or wetness or dryness or hotness. It's like it's just perfectly uh, temperate weather. Well that that weather, there's a sense of well-being. It's like everything's vital and healthy and alive. Venus Jupiter, both planets were associated with what brings life when people are ill or what heals or brings vitality back when the body is drained or diseased. Of course, there were diseases associated with both planets as well. But generally speaking, in astrology, Venus and Jupiter bring health and wellness back to things that are sick. Um, So the question of what actually makes me feel healthy bodily, the food, the amount of sleep, the right people or company, this could bleed into some of the other things we've asked with the first four questions. But this question has more to do with what amplifies or... Brings about a greater sense of physical, uh, you know, like embodied health and well being, vitality. This is a good question to ask as Venus and Jupiter get together for a whole month. Number six, what does wealth look or feel like? Now, for some people, that's a number of literal dollars or, you know, whatever your currency is. For other people, that's something that you have or are in possession of. It could be a material object. For other people, that's being debt free. That's actually how wealth is defined is I just, I'm, I don't have a lot, but I'm not in debt. You know, people define wealth differently. In fact, one of the things I was looking at and I should have kept it up, but let me show you this. So the etymology of the word wealth is really interesting. <clears throat> so wealth is also a, uh, etymologically related to the same idea as health that wealthy is a is a, a, like a synonym in uh, um, ancient languages, and I'm trying to look which one was it Norse maybe. Oh God, this is a long entry. So but it was the basic idea of wealth was that it was closely related to health. And so when you think about what defines wealth, for some people, you know, and I'm not criticizing this at all. I'm not trying to lay any charges of materialism because it's a very real thing in our world, as everyone knows, that if you don't have money, you're going to be sick. A lot of people are going to be sick. Um, but wealth for some people might be not having a, a, an extreme amount of money, but having a normal amount of money, but also having education as to how to take care of yourself, which a lot of people also don't have. So how do we define wealth? And I think it's really complicated because for some people, it's education. For some people, wealth is your relationships or your family. For some people, it's a soul quality. Like I feel the wealth of my soul. I feel happy and alive. And that has to do with, you know, more intangible things. Um, Some people describe, you know, some people are going to define wealth spiritually, some materially. Some, and I think if we're honest, most of us are going to describe it as a combination of material and spiritual or emotional and psychological factors, you know, altogether. But it's an interesting period for an entire month, Venus and Jupiter, a planetary square known for wealth and abundance is in the air. How could it not bring up the question, what does wealth look or feel like to you? You know, I've thought about this because for, you know, for me over when I started for the first, I'd say eight, nine years of my astrology practice, you know, I did not make very much money at all. My business has gotten a lot more successful in the past four or five years. And I had to, I remember I had to, uh, I hired a um, financial advisor because I didn't know what to do. When I started earning a little bit more money, I was like, I don't know what to do with this, you know? And one of the first things that this person said to me, which I was so thankful for, and I I went to someone who is, I would consider someone who is a financial advisor who has a deep spiritual orientation. And the first they said, you have to get really clear as to, um, you know, what your values are. Because, you know, really like managing your assets comes down to what are the values that define what brings you happiness? And how do you want to do what you can with what you have to create a lifestyle that, you know, provides sincere joy and happiness to whatever extent you can be joyful or happy with the, you know, the use of money, which is not everything. And I really didn't know. I was like, gosh, I, I, you know, it's so at any rate, that's a, um, in many ways, that's a, whatever, uh, what do they call them? Uh, like a, what they call first world problems, you know, um, this is a, it's a, it's a privileged problem, but I think for each of us, the question of what actually makes me feel like there's a, a sense of overflowing, abundant, uh, health and wealth to my life. Uh, that's a question that a lot of us, we don't ever answer because we're in the thick of trauma. We're in the thick of survival we're in the thick of experiencing oppression or hostility or broken relationships. And I think once in a while a transit like Venus Jupiter comes along and it just says, look, take a minute and invite um, more health, wealth, vitality, abundance uh, into your life. Not, not and I'm not the someone who likes the uh, I don't I don't not believe in manifestation, okay but I'm not someone who's like, go read the secret and you know manifest a bunch of stuff. I don't, I don't get, you know, it's not my thing, really. No offense to anyone who's, you know, into that. Um, But there is something about just taking some time to say, what does health, wealth, vitality, fullness, richness, what does that feel like to me in my body? Not as a dream of, you know, I don't know, hitting the jackpot and winning the lottery and having endless financial resources, but like, spiritually, emotionally? What does that look like? I don't think our life is meant to be about you know perfecting something, but sometimes it can really clarify what we're doing and our priorities and how we spend our time, our money, our energy, our resources to just sit down and say, what does health, wealth, and happiness look like to me? So I think that's one of the best questions of this transit is that we can get a little bit clearer about that. And even if it's just doing a few things differently. Like here's one that happened to me very recently. Um, this was under Venus Jupiter square back in June of 2023 when they first came through the square while Venus was in direct motion. And I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget it for later. And, and um, I've talked about it all summer with friends and stuff like that. When Venus was square to Jupiter, suddenly I realized that one thing that g- gave me a lot of well-being was to stop throughout my day Here or there, whenever I was starting to feel a little sluggish, and to just sit down on my couch here or with Ashley, you know, and just take 15 minutes to just breathe and take a break. (laughs) And it's crazy, but to me, that is one of the things that suddenly fills my cup back up and makes me feel like there's an overflowing, like a fountain of well being, of abundance. And I would describe that feeling in part as a kind of spiritual wealth that I'm not tapped out and, and sort of dry and there's nothing in me anymore. Simple. Like just take a few breaks during the day. Anyway. Um, Number seven, what are my standards? I think this has to do with, um, I would call them almost like standards of beauty Uh, standards By standards, I mean something closely related to our taste. What is my taste? Um, What are my standards? But standards of beauty, standards of uh, sensual gratification. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to watch a TV show that I don't find to be beautiful or intelligent. Um, I'm not going to listen to music that doesn't lift my spirit or make me laugh. You know, it's almost like setting the getting clear. And this is similar to like, what does wealth look and feel like it's sort of like getting clear about what I need from different kinds of experiences so that they make me feel good. Number eight, where is a lack of beauty draining me? On the other hand, is there a room in your house where you you're in it and all of a sudden you feel a little drained? Is there something you could do to change that room, paint the walls, throw up some different artwork, put in some interesting adornments, burn some incense, have some scented candles or some, you know, we like beeswax candles around here. That's one of our, our favorites. Uh, Is there something you could do to make sure that there are spaces, physical spaces that don't drain you? Venus, Jupiter is one of the best transits for just looking and saying like, this, isn't, this is draining me because it's ugly. If you have to work in an office where there are no plants, there's no light, there's fluorescent lights above your head, you're in a cubicle. People, it's, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point there's probably studies that have been done where it, it could be like, you know, empirically demonstrated that people in these environments, their health suffers. And that is directly related to a lack of beauty, right? So something else that we could be aware of is that the, the, the Venus Jupiter can amplify beauty, or the need for it in places that are lacking it. Number nine: Is there is this an advantageous relationship? Now this could get really political and sort of opportunistic and gross, you know, like is this person going to make me money, or is this person, you know what I mean, like and. I think um, the way that I would put it is just that there's something about this transit that is about who are my allies, who are my friends, who are my benefactors, who are the people that are going to help me get where I want to go. And then there's something a little slimy about Venus and Jupiter where it's like, ooh, will this person help me get, get something for myself? And there's a sometimes a fine line between the two. Sometimes people are really going to help us get somewhere we want to go. And we might, there may be some compromise. I don't totally love this person or this company or something, but you know, there's a compromise here in terms of it being advantageous in some, you know, in the bigger picture. And I think that you know, life is like that sometimes. How many of us have had to work jobs we didn't love, but it gave us experience on our resume, you know. But on the other hand, you know this is like will this friend get me into that popular group you know um it's interesting to me that this summer as we've had this testimony between venus and venus retrograde and jupiter and uranus and taurus that the movie barbie came out Kind of the question about like what's plastic and what's real and that's a venus jupiter distinction that can come up as well this is why the transit can be associated with people who have plastic surgeries uh, but at the same time, um, can be associated with people who uh, are are like, there's nothing, I don't have any judgments against plastic surgery, by the way, but, you know, it, why are we doing it? You know, it's like, it's like, uh, and is it artful? Is it like too much? Like, you know, um, you have, I've had clients all sorts over the years, you know, and it's like, sometimes you can tell that someone has gone too far and now they don't look like themselves, you know, and you never, I never, I never judge people, but you it's, it's hard not to see when someone has attempted to beautify, but like maybe there's been too much filler in their lips or something. Do you know what I mean? It's a Venus Jupiter dynamic. And the question about what enhances and makes something more valuable or attractive and what that can get us or do for us, uh, is part of Venus Jupiter in the same way that like as Venus squared Jupiter, I began the process of redoing all of the um, photography uh, for my website. You know, so it's like, how can I make things look a little nicer or better or uh, update the photography or something like the aesthetic, make it look nicer. And then there's something where it's almost like it, it goes too far and it feels unnatural. It's a sort of Barbie real versus fake thing that can come up. And the same thing can be true in terms of, taking advantage of people socially or feeling taken advantage of versus real opportunities for growth. Maybe they're not totally perfect and there's some compromise, but there's a big difference between that and like fakery. And then finally, number 10 is what do I need to feel loved or liked? Big question. How much attention do I need? You know, how much do I need people to love me, adore me, give me physical or emotional compliments? Um, Do I have enough attention in my life enough adoration venus jupiter is about adoring things loving things appreciating things being attracted to things well we all need to feel loved we all need to feel attracted on some level i think it's very human anyway we all need to feel liked when does it go too far when do we measure our life by likes and shares and algorithm you know it versus uh What's a normal, healthy need for attention and to feel attractive? These questions could come up for us as well. It's good to get clear. If you need to tell a partner, hey, look, this is what I need to feel loved. If your partner really loves you, they'll, they'll need that feedback and they'll appreciate it. It may not be easy to take right away. Sometimes we take it personally. You're saying there's something wrong with me. I don't love you well. Oh, well, no, it's just, uh, this is what I really like. Could you do this? You know sort of like what you don't appreciate that I'm giving you a back rub. Well, no, I really do, but it, could you rub this sh- part of the shoulder? You know, you know it's like we should be offended by that, hopefully. But it's hard. So, sometimes a, a Venus-Jupiter transit comes along and it just says this is the way I need to be loved. Could you do me this favor and love me in this particular way? And it's good to get clear about those things. It's also important that if we're going to ask for it, we better be ready to also ask other people what they like and need. How do you need to feel loved or liked? <clears throat> so. All right. Well, those are my 10. And I think that these questions will be uh, coming up in the next month. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys think and what you guys end up experiencing. Um, I will look forward to your to your reflections in the comments section. And... Uh, That's it for today. We'll see you again tomorrow. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.